Hello, friends and friends of friends. This is Lindsay. And Melanie. And we are back with our second episode of Learning Through Laughter. We are so excited. Super excited. Because I was a little nervous about that first one. But you know how once you get the first thing you're doing under your belt, and then you're just kind of like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Makes the second thing much easier. Yeah, it really does. So today, we are going to talk about... Not like a heavy topic, but an interesting topic, I think, and a relevant topic to this day and age, which is growing up in church. Yes. Now, Melanie grew up in church, and I did not. So we'll both kind of have perspectives on that. Um, But I think nowadays, don't you think that, like, church is, I don't want to say frowned upon, but frowned upon? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a it's definitely a touchy subject, especially for young people, yeah. right? Because as you well, you're a young people, mm-hmm. and as you grew up and as you blossomed into the person that you are, you've seen a lot of different stuff happen in the church, and you've been involved in so many different things and different churches, even. Yeah. And yeah, so I think we'll just jump right in to growing up in church, so I'm going to stop talking and let let Melanie take it away. Well, I just have to say first, we have a special guest today. We do. You can't see her. You might have heard her little collar that I just took off, Um, but Miss Sugar, the love of my life, the little pup pup. She's super cute. She's the best. So she's sitting on my lap right now. And And yes, for those of you who are wondering, she is a white dog. Yes. Her name is, in fact, Sugar. Sugar. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so that was off topic, but what's new? Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to start from the beginning. Um going to kind of give a little, a very good place to start. I'm going to give a little background on on um, the particular church that I grew up in. Um yeah, we're just going to see where it takes us. So my mom grew up in church. Well, my mom and her siblings. I'm a little foggy on all of the details. But the church that I grew up in, my mom also grew up in for the most part. Um, and so, you know, holds a very special place in my entire family's heart for obvious reasons. My grandma was very involved in the children's ministry Um, She taught Sunday school. She did all the things. Obviously, I was going to go to church. So, So right there, did you have to go to church when you were a kid? Were they like, okay, Melanie, come on, we're going to church. And you were like, no, I don't want to. And they're like, get over here. No, no, I never, I have no memory of ever feeling forced to go. Like made to go? Yeah, no. Um, Which I'm extremely thankful for because I know that is not common. Definitely not common. Um, so honestly, I don't remember what age I was that I started going to church. My earliest memory is like, like second grade when I was seven, like literally. Yes. I know that I went sooner. I just don't know. I'm a little foggy on all the details on that end. So my mom worked nights and weekends. So my mom, unfortunately was not able to go to church. My dad was, you know, he prayed every day. Um, he believed in God. He believed in the power of prayer. He 
all that, but he just didn't feel that he needed to express his beliefs by going to church, which I think is fine. Yeah. Um, I never, I don't know. We never really even talked about that, but I just always was like, mom works, dad doesn't go to church. So my grandma and grandpa took me, they would come and pick me up from my house every Sunday um, and they would take me to church. And when you're a child in church, you sit through, you know, the the opening, the welcomes, the song, the the boring, the boring stuff, and then the fun happens. Yeah. Children's time. Dun, <laughs> so they call. They do like this beautiful song. It's changed over the years, but I love that song. And then you go up and you do some talking. You know, the um, pastor or the youth leader, whoever it is, does a little lesson and then they send you off down to Sunday school and then also fun. And then your parents come and get you when service is over and then you have donuts and drink lemonade and then you go home. So that's basically the schedule that I um, experienced when I was a kid in church and it was so much fun. Um, So much fun. So when you were in Sunday school, were you always just like, everybody was just always super nice to you? Like nobody was, yeah. yeah. I mean, my grandma was a Sunday school teacher for a little bit of my childhood. Yeah. It, yeah, it definitely helps. But I just, my memories are just good. They're good. And something that I want to point out in this conversation is I am well aware of my privilege in that because I know that, I mean, it, it helped that I was a, in a family of people that nice yeah yeah and yeah exactly like I never had I can't say that I didn't face hardships of course I did I had a lot of anxiety for some reason um I can't exactly pinpoint where it comes from it might be because I didn't sometimes really understand exactly what they were saying when they would read from the Bible. I was always like, I want to, I want to retain this information, but I had kind of a hard time doing that. Was it, did they still use the King James version back then? Like that was the late nineties. Well, it was the early two thousands. Yeah. You, excuse me. She was born <laughs> in the late nineties. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe the NIV. That sounds right. Version was. That sounds right. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I would see my uncle pull out the, because, you know, in the pews, they have sections that has the two hymnals um, and a Bible. And I would see my uncle pull out the Bible and he would read from the Bible in church. And I was always like, I want to do that. But I've just always had such a hard time retaining the information from, from the Bible. And so I think like, and in the grand scheme of things, that is such a small issue you know, I was never chastised for the way that I believed or the way that I lived my life. And, um, I know a lot of people experience that. So, but I do remember having like a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Well, and it's hard when you're a little kid because yeah. do you really want to be in Sunday school and learning about Jesus? Probably not. I want to color. But, right. <laughs> like it's fun to do the activities, but once they, at least like when I went to Sunday school, we do the activities and then okay, well, let's, let's listen to our story, and, you know, then I'm watching the bug in the corner or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Because, um, you know, kids have the attention span of a nap. Right. And that's just the way that it is. So yeah. 
you have those kids that are super enamored with the Bible right away, and then you have like your those you know those two brothers, mm-hmm. the one and the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you, or you have like them, mm-hmm. and you just you know run with it, I guess. So you we'll start at seven. So you went from seven to. 11, 12. Confirmation is 12? Um, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So you went from 7 to 12 in Sunday school. Yes. When do you remember sitting for the first time through a sermon? Um, I, if I get the timeline correctly, I mean, it had to have been when I went into middle school. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you can go to Sunday school. When you when you hit seventh grade, they're not going to be like, nope. I mean, they're not going to do that. But you don't go to Sunday school anymore once you yeah, are out of elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I believe it was then, and we had um, a pastor. She was new. And um, I just, I'm pretty sure her first year was um, when... Like, the first time that I sat through a service, I'm almost positive. That's interesting. How long was she there for? Do you remember? Not long. Because I, she was there when I was there. You know what? No. Because the new pastor, who's now called a pastor, <laughs> um, <laughs> she was definitely there longer because she had been there for 14 years. So, anyway, she probably came before that, actually. Well, not her, though. The other one that was before her. Yeah, no. She must have been. She wasn't there for long. I just the guy was there, right? And then he left, and she came. Yeah. And then, yeah, she kind of got that. Yeah, she halfway ousted. Yeah, she yeah she wasn't there long. Um, so I must not have sat through many of her sermons, and it might have been that I stopped going to Sunday school early. Yeah, that's very possible. Um, and so I just remember like. I would have fun because, okay, so they give you a, what they call bulletin at our church and it has like the schedule of that day's service. And so you start with like the welcome and the announcements and then you sing and then you pray and then you sing again. And I always just remember, (laughs) I always remember, um, loving that part. And then I see, oh, next is the sermon and I just would be like dreading it because this particular person's sermons were so long and so boring and she wouldn't be interactive with us. She would just almost preach at us, which we were not used to. And she wouldn't say anything. She wouldn't talk about like, oh, you know, you're going to go to hell if you're gay. You're going to go to hell if you have sex before marriage. It was never anything like that, but it was just so boring. And, like, I even know that I am confident that I would still be bored by it. It wasn't because I was a kid. It was because it was genuinely boring. Because it was the message and not yeah. the message and the deliverer. Yes. And, like, she would, like, get a book, like a book that you can buy at, like, Barnes & Noble, and basically just read from it. Like, she would just, like, 
blah, 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 read a paragraph and then talk to us about it. I'm like, this isn't book club. This is church. You know what I mean? I do know. And like, <laughs> it, it was just, it was just not fun. And I'm like, I just want to go back to Sunday school. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and then, um, and then the new pastor came and that changed. And I was like, well, we'll get to that later. But yeah, I was so bored. interestingly, that's when I came. Yes. To yeah. church. Um, so fun. <laughs> which is, I, and my my journey was vastly different yeah. than Melanie's journey. Yeah. And I could just sum it up for you in maybe like 45 seconds. So I went to church all the time with my mom when I was seven, <laughs> seven to nine and a half. And um, the first problem we had was when my brother and I went to the Salvation Army summer camp, high peak camp up near Estes Park. Um, that wasn't a good experience because they were quite racist to my brother and I and the other two black kids that were there. There was only four of us, so that was terrible. Got in a giant fight, but anyway, I digress. Um, and then we moved on to, I was at church one Sunday, and I didn't go down to Sunday school much because I didn't like the kids. They were mean to me, so... Stay and listen to my sermon, which wasn't fun, but whatever. But then I asked the pastor of the church that we were going to, it was in Boulder. Um, I, I asked him some questions about God, and he didn't appreciate them and yelled at me for it. And so then I never went to church again until I met your mom. And what, um, what kind of church was it? Was it? It's a Presbyterian church. Okay. Presbyterian, which is, I mean, you sort of have, like, Methodist Presbyterians and then, like, Baptist Presbyterians, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. There's two sects, 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 sects <laughs> of them. Um, but, you know, I was a little kid. Some crazy shit was going on. And, yeah, he, he wasn't helping, so. Which is so sad because that's part of the, the career path that they need right. that they go on is they need to be there for their congregants right i mean especially if they're kids man yeah like someone's the biggest like that dude literally look pastor bill like he literally made me stop going to church yeah. just mm-hmm. there i wouldn't go again after that day and then i contemplated going back until um i was a sophomore in high school and some more crazy shit happened and then I really didn't, I mean, I had a problem. God and I had a, a serious falling out, you could say. It's fair. And, yeah, then I didn't go back until I was about 34-ish. Four? Four-ish, I'd say. 33, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 33 or 34. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but I will tell you that, holy crap, was my anxiety Oh, yeah. It was horrible. Oh, I can't even Right, because now I'm 34, and I'm a lesbian, and I have had this whole life up to that point filled with craziness. And, like, your mom, she never told me to go to church. She always asked me if I wanted to go. I always remember, do you want to go to church with me today? Nope, I sure don't. Okay, well, I'll see you later. I love that. Yeah. What a it, it was the, yeah, it was the best way 
ever to get me to go back to church. And so, like, every now and again, just every now and again, I would say yes, because I knew she wanted me to go, and, like, I don't know. I, I had a lot of stuff to figure out. So at that point, my mom did start going to church again. She eventually stopped working nights and was able to go to church again. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I do remember, like, I would get so excited when Lindsay would come with us. Yeah, it was, but, um, but I was with you, and I even told your mom, like, that lady is not, I don't, I don't, I mean, I would sit there, I would have to get up and leave, like, I would literally get up and leave, because my heart's racing, and I'm going to throw up, and, you know, I'm sweating, and I'm shaking my leg incessantly, and bouncing everybody in, (laughs) so, I didn't make it through a full sermon until the new pastor came, and, you know, you read my paper. That was, and yeah, so that was when everything changed for me mm-hmm. in church. And we'll talk about that story next week with Angie, because it's going to be, I don't know. I don't know when I'll talk about that story. It was a pretty, it was a pretty life-changing experience. Um, and it certainly got me going to church every Sunday after that. So I wrote my very first ever going back to college after 20 years English paper about that experience and Jacob White really loved it a lot so that's cool and then I sent it to the pastor and she loved it a lot she still has it she tells me she reads it when she needs to pick me up so that's cool but anyway Lindsay is an amazing writer <laughs> I love to write I love it's it pretty incredible. it's just I guess that's the thing that I'm the best at is writing like, I'll say I'm the best at writing. Yeah. It's my biggest... Like, her cards that she writes to my mom on, like, her birthday and their anniversary, like, I always read them, and I'm just like, God, <laughs> did it again. Like, <laughs> Here come the tears. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I do. I just, I don't know what it is. I've just always, I've always loved writing. It's just so, like, therapeutic to me. Because, yeah. like, I'm writing my book, and I can yeah. sit and write for five hours yeah. and not care at all yeah so it's pretty awesome yeah <sighs> anyhow um we get off topic we, we do that it's gonna happen you know it's just it's gonna happen we always bring it back though so uh up to this point we're in the same church right so you went through did you did you ever go to anywhere else besides that church or did you start at or did you okay. move with your grandparents so i think they were completely at our church. Um, By the time you recollected, yeah. like, the yeah. long time? Yeah. Okay. So that was great. However, <laughs> I went to church with one of my friends because when I was in... Oh. I need to talk about that, I think. Because mm-hmm. that was a pretty rough experience for me. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so <laughs> there are these things called mega churches. They're exactly how they sound. It's like... You're going to watch the church service on a jumbo truck. Yeah, it's hundreds of people. It's a full band mm-hmm. instead of an organ. It's like a production. Like, it's, and it, some people love that. Yeah. But when you grew up in a church that had under 100 people every Sunday, mm-hmm. and then you go to this church, it's, it's, um, it's an experience and not a good one for me personally. Um, so, she discovered this church and she was like, I would love for you to come with me. And I'm like, of course, like whatever. 
I'll go with you. Went to a church service with them, and I was like, what was that? Like, it was so weird. Um, I didn't understand the message, and at that point, I was really starting to, um, like, grasp the concepts that the pastor was trying to say. I was starting to understand it. Um, I wasn't there yet, but I was starting to. And then I go to this church, and I'm like, I didn't understand a word that guy just said. Like, what's wrong with me? Can you expand on that a little bit like what what were you hearing at your your church versus what you heard at her church so during the actual service i honestly could not tell you yeah but then she asked me to go to youth group with her and that's where things got really bad um i was in youth group at that point at my church and we would go see a movie um we would but you know also like (laughs) the the, okay this might be like I'm gonna circle back around and get to it but the entire point to me that I took away from youth group at my church was you have these people once a week that you're with there's no judgment you just laugh you have fun um you be you it was a sense of community it was just so much fun And so I hear, come to youth group with me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to another youth group. Like that sounds amazing. So we get there. My youth group had 10 people. We get there and there are, I mean, if you think about it, there were hundreds and hundreds of people at the church service. Each of those people had to have had at least like two kids. Right. So it's like a ton of kids. And I was like terrified and I was, oh, it was awful. And then, you know, we sing and then, we talk and then we split off into groups and like, it was just a weird thing, but I totally feel you. Yeah. Exactly what happened with the Manny salad story. Oh, exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. Oh, yeah. Mayonnaise. Um, I'm terrified so, of the Manny's face. Yeah. It's, it's a problem. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, so at one point we all get together as one big group and we get, Talked to by the, I'm going to call him a preacher. He wasn't a pastor. He was a preacher. I mean, it was, and he preached at us. And then I just happened to go the day that he decided to talk to us about abstinence. And, um, yeah, you know, don't have sex till you're married. That's what the Bible says. And my friend had taken that advice and decided that she wasn't, she was going to be abstinent and you know I supported her but I just knew that that was not I've known since I was that age that that's just it's fine for some people but that's a that's a choice that you should make personally that's not a choice that should be made for you by a religious leader yes I 100% like period point blank like you do it if you if you take that vow of abstinence, it needs to be because you want to. Yes. Not because the guy that runs your youth group said you have to. Yes. Or like we're gonna kick you out of the youth group. Yes. And I have no judgment against people who no. want to remain absent. That. That's fine. But, but you also shouldn't look down on people that choose not to. Exactly. Them. Exactly. And that's how it felt. Yeah. Um. And I just was it a was it a don't have sex before you're married or else. Or oh, just, yeah. yeah. Or else you'll go to hell. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was... And I, 
I was old enough to know that that wasn't true. I had had conversations with you, with mom, with probably even my dad about that kind of stuff. And I just knew that I wasn't going to go to hell if I had sex before I was married. It just wasn't. Um, And of course, not of course, but I mean, I was in middle school, so I, you know, I I hadn't had sex, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, it yeah. Anyway, it was just awful. And like, she would just beg me to go back with her and I just didn't want to. And so I'd always say no. And I would never tell her why, because I didn't want her to get mad at me. And, um, that's, and that's, there's, there's a good segue into section number two of this chat, which is, okay. So now you're grown up, right? You're not a little kid and you're not a teenager and you're not even, you know, like a college kid I mean you are a college kid but you're (laughs) we were just talking about it you're almost old yes so (laughs) um now you're wiser yeah now you've experienced way more you've gone on mission trips you've you know you've seen the world now what do you think about church plus not to mention right COVID yeah how did that change your like so so Explain that. What what do you think now versus what you thought then? Um, honestly, I have always felt like church was, my particular church was my second home because I grew up there and everyone, you know, loves me and I love them. Um, and that feeling hasn't gone away. Now... <laughs> Since I have grown up and become an adult, a lot has happened to me. A lot. Um, and it has made me question things. I I have been angry at God for, you know, why did, why'd you take my dad? Like, come on. You know, what did I do to deserve that? I've, I've gone to church. I've, I've done, I've done good things. I've done bad things, but I've done good things. Like, you know, um. And so there is that, that change. Um, and then as far as COVID goes, I mean, <laughs> I'm, sh- you know, I'm sure I watched the church service that they put on YouTube a ha- only a handful of times. Um, and yeah. I haven't gone back to church. That's mostly because I work nights. So I'm sleeping during church time. But um, if you didn't work nights, do you think you would go? Uh, you go back? And if, part two to that question. If you did go back, would you go back because you felt obligated by your family or you go back because you wanted to? So, yes, I would go back. And no, I don't feel obligated. Um, I do miss it. Like, I, I do. I really, I, I miss the um, the family, that you know, that, that feeling of yeah. family. But I know a lot has changed. And I know that we have been through a lot and for one reason or another, I know a lot of people who I saw every Sunday, I'm not going to see anymore. Right. Um, and that's hard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's weird now, right? Because, okay, so let's, let's back up a little bit, right? So I started going to church. Mel obviously went to church. Uh, there was a youth leader when I started at the church and she moved to California. So we needed a new youth leader and, um, in comes Angie, 
Mel and I both immediately fall in love with her. And I become her assistant youth leader because Mel, were you still in youth group? Um, or was no, it was after I went to youth group, but the, I believe that you started helping Angie when I went to UNC. Yeah. And then my dad died. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't, I just couldn't. Um, that's a whole nother thing, but it took, it took intense therapy sessions for me to even be able to sit in that church, which actually maybe I should talk about that, but I'll talk about it later. Cause you're on, you're on something right now. Yeah. So we, um, so basically for the better part of the last three years, pre COVID, Melanie, Angie and I were the three youth leaders of our youth group at church. And it was a lot friends. I mean, it was... I can't even, I don't want to say, like, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. I mean, there were good times, and there were some not-so-good times. Um, and then Angie got moved, and uh, the other pastor got moved. But in amongst all of this, and where, my, where I was going with this, is that we are, I'm, we're Methodists, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's. We're Methodists. And some stuff was happening within the United Methodist Church as a whole. Not our church specifically, um, but as a whole where they were trying to decide whether or not it was appropriate to allow LGBTQ plus people as pastors or lay people or deacons or any any, any sort of actual yeah. like, leadership role in any church period yeah so you can look this all up on the internet yeah no that's real i mean they're still it's talking about it right now i just had a special general conference about it like two weeks ago but the thing with the methodists right and every religion right because you know well i mean you have the umbrella christianity and then you have the everything mm-hmm. underneath it right so the um United Methodist Church is a worldwide church. It's not just in the United States. So there's a large contingent of people in other countries, Africa and Germany being the... I apologize for calling Africa a country. It's a country. <laughs> um, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> Africa and Germany really, really against the whole LGBTQ plus thing. Africa because of AIDS, obviously, and they just think that gay people give each other AIDS all the time still, which is... A little behind. Yeah. They're a little behind on the Um, matter. Yeah. Yes. But that's a lot of people over there. And it's a lot of people to vote not to... And they actually did. They voted to disallow anybody. And the bishop of our church group is a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, there was talk of losing jobs and penalties if you, you know, performed a same-sex marriage. And that's, that coupled with everything that happened as youth leaders, coupled with, man, our heroin experience in the mountains. <laughs> and then the way we were treated when we got back. I just really started, like, questioning church in general, right? Everything was changing. Everything was changing, and none of it was good. And and then COVID hit. Yeah. 
literally COVID hit like you know when our our thing was over in what January like you end the one session and then start again or whatever yeah and COVID hit like right after that right in the beginning of March and so I was like oh well here's my break like I don't have to go back now right and so now I don't know if I will go back I really don't where is your head at knowing all that stuff with you having two moms and like, what do you think about that? I mean, besides the obvious of it breaking my heart and making me unbelievably angry. Um, yeah, it definitely made me question things. Um, I am a little bit confused of the whole process of it um like I you know I know what I've heard and stuff but how do we still have our bishop because it takes so long to come up with these things and I'm just like at this point I'm like shit or get off the pot like let's let's do this and then split up Mm -hmm. or let's not do this and Mm -hmm. like obviously I would love for us to remain one united methodist church yeah but but that ship is sailed. that ship has sailed and it's yeah. so sad yeah. and it they <laughs> voted they voted to keep everyone out right but then yeah. covid hit yeah and they couldn't have they had a special session of general conference scheduled and then regular general conference scheduled and that's just when all the bishops and everybody from everywhere go to the one place and they you know, talk about the um, book of discipline and they talk about rules and blah, 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 right? Yeah. They couldn't do it. And they couldn't do it on right. Zoom call. And they couldn't, yeah. you know, that's not something that you just do whatever. So they actually just recently started talking about it again. Okay. So the possibility of the bishop losing her job or of somebody else getting fired for performing a same-sex marriage is there, which is why the people are breaking away from the church, right? Because they're choosing. That was the one good thing that came out of it all is, like, you can choose to go Mm -hmm. and not follow their rules. Still follow the Book of Discipline, but not the archaic parts that have nothing to do with us here in the 21st century, right? 21st. I was like, are we at 21? No, we're not. Okay. Yeah, um, we are. So I suppose my question is, and my question is, do you think you keep going to church as a Methodist? Because I have a problem saying that I'm Methodist if the entire Methodist conference thinks I'm a piece of shit. Like, I have a big problem with it. And I know for a fact that some people at that church think I'm a piece of shit. Yep. And I have a problem with that, too. But... Do you think they are going to be able to break off knowing that a lot of the, like, money is gone? Or do you think they'll just go along with it because they still need support from the conference? So the unfortunate truth is that you can't run a church without money. And Mm -hmm. if we break off... I don't think we would survive and it it sucks because because you still want to have a church and you still want to have somewhere for people to go and so if we weren't going to be able to survive 
by going off on her own, I don't think they would do it. If that were the case, I'd stop going. So, but what, okay, so what if, what if they're like, yeah, we can't afford this, and yeah, like, screw those guys over there that are talking about all of this stuff. But what if, like, we took the people, right, that we know love us, I think, I'm questioning that a little more as of late, and say, you know, every Sunday at 10 o'clock, I'm going to be in that park over there under that gazebo, and uh, we'll talk about the next Sunday at the end of whoever shows up. I bet you people would show up, and that doesn't cost anything. doesn't. Which goes over to, you <laughs> know. religion is. It's just so convoluted, man. Jesus said, where two or more are gathered, I'll be there. That's what he said. Yeah. Period. He didn't say where, you know, two or more are gathered inside a brick building with a bunch of pews and a glass windows and me hanging on a cross somewhere. And, like, that's just never been my vision of believing in God. All through my life, I've never not believed in God. You know, I have been really mad at God at times, but I've also had some really, like, super deep, insightful things happen, I believe, because of God. So, it's not that I don't believe in God, it's that I very much dislike organized religion at this point. Yes. Very much. And that is not only understandable, but fair. And And so if I didn't grow up in church, if I didn't see my church as my second home and the people as my family, I would agree. I do agree, but I have hesitations. I wouldn't have those hesitations if I didn't have that. And in some ways, in most ways, I'm very lucky and thankful for that, that I have that. Like I... I just am, I consider myself very lucky. Um, and I think that's what's really cool about us doing this, having these discussions on here is that like we have those differences and I can right. see your perspective and I just, mm-hmm. and you can see mine and I just, and other people, love that. right? Like there's people out yeah. there who yes. that are, you know, 16 years old that yeah. just experienced a mega church and they're like, oh my God. Yes. You know, you're right about that. And there's people <laughs> out there. Who got, you know, affronted by in some way and thinks that, you know, the church would just never welcome them back again. That can hear me go, oh, my God, I'll never go back to church. But then I did. Right. Yes. And so can I just give a message to those people? You can. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you have experienced something terrible in church, know that you are not alone. Know that I... We see you, and we are insanely sorry that that happened to you, and please just hold on to hope that one day you will forgive that. Maybe maybe not forgive it, but you will come to terms with it, and you'll be okay. <laughs> you don't forgive it. You just you come to realize that it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't God. It wasn't Jesus. It was the building you were in and the people in that building and you're not in that place anymore and you might not even be that person anymore yeah and but you're still terrified to try again i thought i was gonna burst into flames if i walked (laughs) through the door of church and 
I'm happy to say I didn't, yeah. but I, it, I I went through a lot yeah. to go back to church. Yes. Like it was it was hard. It was not just oh I walked through the door and I love it and I'm singing and I'm clapping. No, I mean it was months. It was months of <laughs> worrying about it and stressing about it and like should I go to church this week? What if someone talks to me? I probably didn't talk to anybody there at all for the first year. Probably. I stayed by your mom's side and just like, like a little lost puppy dog. I just followed her around everywhere she went because I didn't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. I didn't want them to think that I was coming there. You know, I was battling my own demons and I didn't want them to know about that. Mm-hmm. And then freaking good old what's your name comes in mm-hmm. and just changes everything. So... Like Melanie said, don't give up your hope. Yeah. And and we see you. <laughs> we do see you. Like, and it's okay for you to say, you know, I'm not going to go to church because of this. And for someone else to say, and that's okay. Yes. Like, we will say that's okay. Yes. Yeah. Because you're not made to go to church. No one. <laughs> no one can make you go to church. But what I do want you to know is that you can... If you find the right place, you can find and meet some really, really good people. And I've met some really good, good human beings because I overcame myself and went back to church. And you can do that. Mm-hmm. But you you have to be, you know, you have to, it's a process. Yeah, yes. It's not just a, I went to this church and felt so welcome and now. I'm, you know, going to go every week and join the choir and make donuts (laughs) and cookies. So, um, especially young kids, man, and even like older 20s, 20s, you know, people like you that are 20 to 30, just, just think about it. I would 1000% recommend trying to find a smaller church. Which is so intimidating Mm -hmm. and I get it. Because you're seen. Yeah. Right. That's why that's why your Aunt Julie didn't right. didn't know what to do with yeah. the church the bit the mega church she went to. Right. Because her whole thing was like, no one's ever gonna know me there. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be seen. Yeah. So I exactly. can just hide in the yep. shadows. And I can do my worship and go home. Mm-hmm. I will also recommend um if you're trying to find a church, there is a um website that you can go to. I don't know what it is, but literally just search reconciling churches near mm-hmm. me. And pick one of those because a reconciling church means that it doesn't matter what race, sexual orientation, doesn't matter your past. It doesn't, nothing doesn't matters. Matter if you're poor, if poor you're rich, you're drug addicts. Nothing. Come. Nothing matters. They, you will can come. Take, they will love you. They will welcome you with open arms. And um, so that is, and you might know this. Are there other, um, like, is it just Methodist churches that are reconciling or can you find? Mm-hmm. Mostly Methodist. Okay, so I would, I would say suggest, 95%. <laughs> even though we're talking about the shit that the Methodist Church is going through right now, if you want to go to church, I would suggest looking up a reconciling Methodist ministry. Right, and I don't want to. I don't want to discount um, any of the other religions, right? Yeah, the Catholics or the Baptists or you know, Hindus or Buddhists or ah, whatever. Oh my gosh. I don't want to be like, oh, everyone run to the Methodist no, church. And no, the, the point of this is that, like, if you have had a bad experience of church in the past and something has been calling you to 
consider rekindling your relationship with God and or the church, then, like, let us know. We're happy to talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's lots of information we can give you. There's lots of resources we have. Definitely recommend browsing Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's like buying a car. You're not going to buy the first car. Go to one church when we go to the next church next week. I mean, do your thing. So, but once you find that one where you don't feel like you're going to burst into flames, take the leap, guys. Mm -hmm. I'm just, it's a lonely, lonely world when you don't have, it's a lonely world when you think that you're the only person that's controlling everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's scary to me. Yeah. Because I don't want to be in control of most of the things that happen in our world. Um, okay. So, yeah, my, um... My church experience was, you know, it was good. I am very thankful for um, my grandparents for taking me. And um, obviously there were some struggles, but overall I'm very thankful. Yeah. And I'm thankful for my recent church experience. And I, I mean, I wouldn't say that you're necessarily grateful for the struggles, but they shaped you into who you You are. And that's good. (laughs) That's good. Stories I can tell. Yeah. So <clears throat> next week, as we said, we are going to be in Montana. Yes. Um, so we're not going to post next week. No. Um, but we'll post this this one on Saturday. This one will be posted on Saturday. Is that right? Yeah. This one will be posted on Saturday. And then be on the lookout for um, our wonderful guest star on um, our podcast the week after next. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that one. Me too. And we also have a very exciting guest star coming on, too, that I'm just so excited about. Yeah, we got a lot in store for you guys. Oh, so, so excited to see her. If you're still with us from last week, or a couple, not even last week, a couple days ago, awesome. We hope we see you back next week. And this is a, if this is your first uh, listen. Welcome. Welcome. And, glad you're here. Uh, yeah, we are glad you're here. <laughs> Stick around. We hope you enjoy uh, learning through laughter because we definitely enjoy making it for you guys so yeah we will uh catch you guys again in about a week and a half or so we're excited and until then just stay safe out there and uh mind your p's and q's smile used to say to me that and smile at a stranger smile at a stranger it's a long way you never know how a smile can make someone's day better all right guys be safe See you soon. Bye.